whether we exit or not, I wanna build a company that is exitable. Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington, and welcome to Bullish. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you've, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much and we'll get back to the show. Let me take you to July of 2020. We got an offer uh, over email. We the guy called us as well. $20 million uh, offer for fun launch. Pretty interesting. So we got this offer. Call my business partner up and we're super excited. Like, dude, like, because it's very validating to get an offer for your company. Like, you know, you built this thing. It was just an idea. It was just you and a person in a basement just building something that got clients and customers. We got to a million dollars very quickly. Uh, we hit a million dollars in our first six months. We hit $2.5 million revenue in our first year. We then scaled from there. We've done decently well. Um, this person who gave us the offer attended Fun Launch Live number one, thought we were building our community, everything was amazing, wanted to be a, a part of it, involved. And so he, he writes this term sheet. So anyways, by the way, we just out of the blue got this term sheet. And so we thought, man, maybe we could get more than this. So we ended up calling a business broker. Now, if you guys don't know what these are, a business broker helps you buy and sell businesses. And I would highly recommend using a business broker. I've seen a lot of people go out and try to sell their businesses without using a business broker. And unless you're skilled or versed in buying and selling businesses, maybe you can do it by yourself, but I'm, I love using professional people that have done this before because I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go out and they get an offer like this. And what happens is they put an offer for 20 million. They go, well, they negotiate, maybe they get up to 25 million. Okay, 25 million to offer to buy your company. They then go six months. We got to do due diligence. We want ex exclusivity. We're the only ones bidding on the deal. And this is, I'm not telling you, this is a very common tale. The day of closing, the day before closing, this firm will show up $25 million. Everyone's excited. You're already sold. You show up to the, oh man, it's been six months. Okay, 25 months. You're already buying the Lamborghini. You're already buying the beach house in the back of your brain. They show up and they say, guys, day of signing. You know what? We were, we were sharpening our pencils last weekend and we can't do 25. We can only do 19 million. But we'll do all cash. We'll close this week. Money's ready to go. It's 19 million. And you've got to sit there as an entrepreneur and your wife or husband is already buying the boat and you're already excited and everything's already closed in your brain. And a lot of this is a, a total strategy they use to do this, especially when they're the only ones bidding and you're kind of in a box. Well, do we just say no and walk away and then spend another six months, year, two years? We'll even get an offer in the future. Should we just take the money? It's there. 19 million is still a lot of money. And a lot of entrepreneurs end up taking them, taking 25% or 30 or even 50% of what the original deal was coming up to be. Um, on the contrary, if you use a business broker, they uh, hopefully get a business broker that will do a bidding round. You want two or three bidders at the end. So you want a bidder coming in at 24. You want another one coming in at 25 million, another one coming in at 27 million. And you want, if one of them wants to walk away, say, fine, if you want to lower your price, fine, we got two other bidders. And now you have negotiation power. It's a, it's a huge thing. You, you not, anyways, I could digress, go this for a long time. So anyways, we called the business broker. He's like, yeah, we're gonna do an auction. Um, full process. We started doing, we started building and doing all the financials. We got everything gap. We had to go gap standards. We called this guy back. We said, Hey, give us two or three months. You know, we actually want to actually do the proper process. And he was pretty mad about it. He was like, dude, I'm giving you an offer right now. You get to take it or leave it. You're just going to walk away from 20 million. And I was like, yeah, 
we are. We're actually going to go to market. We're going to actually try to sell this thing the proper way. We'd love to invite you back to bid and see what that's at. And he was like, hey, I'll, I'll even put my bid higher. And I said, I know. You know, and we actually think our company's worth about, at the time, we thought it was about, you know, 28 to 35 million. It was kind of our range. I said, hey, your offer's a little low, uh, but thank you. And we'd love to have you back. And he was, he was a little peeved about it. But um, anyways, we called this broker. We did the whole whole process of building all of our financials, our models, our forward-looking, how our company structure, we built a whole deck uh, to go to market. And that's the, because I was like, man, you don't sell your business that many times in your life. You might as well do it the right way. So this is anyways, this is Q3, Q4 of last year. Um, so we go out, we're ready to go to market by November um, of last year. We then actually went out to market. We put this out to, I think, 60 or 70 big private equity firms, other stuff. And um, we got uh, some initial interest back, back and forth. But then they came back and it, they said a couple of interesting things. Now, granted, this month is when FTX blew up. Interest rates are starting to rise very quickly. Uh, they keep doing these rate hikes. And so a lot of deal flow just died. So a lot of these, these PE big firms came back and said, hey, we just, we're having a hard time underwriting any companies right now. We're having a hard time, especially your company is so unique. You guys teach fund managers. We've never seen a company like this. And so can we delay or push you guys for a few months or, or uh, hey, just call us back in, in another few months. Now, what was interesting though was this, is all of them came back and asked us about a few things. They wanted a continuity. Hey, what kind of continuity do you have in your business? If we buy this business today, what kind of future revenue projections do you have for the next year? And they have two things is what's already baked in for the next 12 months. So what do you already have that you know is going to be in your door or have a high probability of being in your door for the next 12 months? And then what kind of revenues are go get revenues? Meaning over the next 12 months, what kind of revenues are you going to have to go out and get? Meaning you're going to have a sales team marketing. You got to go get and generate and drive up new business. And at the time, our business was 20% was already baked in and 80% was go get for the next year. Meaning we got to wake up, do marketing. We got to go get new clients and new customers to go get new revenue next year. And these big groups came back and said, man, we don't want to work with a business that has 80% of their revenue is go get for next year. We thought, huh, pretty interesting. And so two weeks later, we actually had an executive retreat. I took my whole executive staff out and we actually sat down and planned out how do we build a company that is very exitable and very sellable. And right now we're actually in the middle of the process. I'm gonna talk you guys through what we're doing right now to build an exitable company. Hey, hey, what's going on, people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pennington here. So if you like the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. We actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual-based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube and go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks, guys. And now, do I want to exit FunLaunch? Maybe, maybe not. Actually, personally, I love running FunLaunch. You'd have to give me a very high number to exit our company. I love our clients. I love our students. I love our events. But whether we exit or not, I want to build a company that is exitable. I want to build a company that could exit. The reason we went to market and did the whole broker thing, we actually, we were like, oh, maybe we'll sell, maybe we won't. But I wanted to know the process. I wanted to know what they would look at, what they were curious about. I want to just know the whole game. Does that make sense? I wanted to see what kind of things would they want to see in a business before they bought and purchased in the whole process? And that's why I went to this, this whole thing and I learned a ton. One of the things was they wanted to see continuity was a big one way to get uh, baked in revenue is continuity. They want to see continuity with churn. That's why subscription-based businesses are exit for huge multiples because a buying company can, or a, pri or a private equity firm, whoever it is, is buying can 
bake in future revenues and do a DCF, you know, discounted class flow modules and, and work their capital back to a present value today. With a certain growth rate and a certain sales team and a certain already baked in customer base, your lifetime value of that customer is very high because they are paying subscription-based pop software that is sticky. That's why SaaS companies have such big multiples. Now, I actually want to talk about that for a second. Us entrepreneurs, there's this whole allure of, oh, man, I got to start a software company because software companies get the best multiples. They have the biggest exits. They have all this stuff. There's a book I recently read that changed my entire life. It's called Lost and Founder. I'd highly recommend it. I'm going to give them him total credit for writing this book. This is a founder who he started a company and he had this allure of like, I'm a software founder. I have all the equity shares. They went and raised their, I think their series, uh, their seed round, their series A. I don't think, I think they haven't raised a series B yet. Uh, company evaluation is over hundred million dollars now. So he's like the, you know, the 1% that has a hundred million dollar venture backed company. That's amazing. Right. And he goes through, and he goes, let me tell you the reality. He goes, I've gone and actually studied venture capital backed companies. He goes, the founders at the end of this lifestyle, the average founder ends up with 11% equity at the end of the entire thing. So if you, you know, you're one of the, and most companies fail by the way. So if you're in the top, like 2% of all companies that actually raise a series and grow, and then the top 1% of that group that gets over a hundred million dollars, let's say you sell your company for a hundred million dollars. The founder or founder team only ends up with about $11 million. Oh, and by the way, you end up with 11 million, you pay taxes, you end up probably with maybe $6 million. After a $100 million exit, you end up with, let's call it $6 million after tax. Because on the contrary, a service-based company, and let's say our revenues were, you know, let's say we had a 10X, we were doing 10 million a year, we had revenues of, a, you know, or a, a 10X multiple to a $100 million evaluation, okay? Um, or 10X EBITDA, let's just do, just simple math, let's do 10X. He goes, let's say it's a service-based company. Service-based companies typically trade at maybe two to three X. So let's say same company, we're both doing 10 million a year. So $10 million software company, $10 million service company. The service company will sell for 25 to 30 million. The software company will sell for a hundred million. However, the average service-based company, the founding team has about 50 to 80% of equity. So let's just call it 50% to make simple math. So you sell your company for $30 million. That's $15 million you take home versus 11 million on a $100 million software exit. And that's the low end. A lot of founders will take home 20 to 25 million on the service-based company. And then after tax, you're ending with a little bit less than that. But he, he goes through, we have this allure that we need to be a software founder or whatever. And then by the way, he goes through and he says, by the way, we brought in some venture capital firms that don't want to exit anytime soon. He goes, I've been in this business, I believe 11 years, if I remember right from the book. He goes, I make a salary of about $200,000 a year as, a, as the CEO and founder. I have never been able to exercise my shares because my shares are locked up. So I have, he goes, I have about, you know, eight to $12 million in on paper, but 11 years has gone by and I've never been able to use or exit those shares. That's the reality of running a software-based business. And I thought that this book really opened my eyes to the realities of building an exitable company. And actually, what is your end result when you're building a company like this. Now back to fun launch. So fun launch is a very, that he was trying to, our, our broker was trying to market as a SaaS, whatever. It's really, it comes down to an education and or service-based company. And in reality, we should be trading for, you know, let's call it a three to five X in that range, maybe a little bit low, maybe a little bit high, depending on our, our um, goodwill, whatever. And so we sat as an executive team, we said, huh, 
Now let's let's see though if we can tweak and play with these multiples. So at the time, let's let's just call our company's worth about 30 million. This is last December. This is by the way, before Fun Launch Dive 2, we've had an awesome growth. We've had tons of new clients this year, all this kind of stuff. That's not including that. So our we think our valuation is much higher than that today. But let's just call it 30 million dollar valuation. So we're sitting there and we go, huh, let's let's play the math though. If we can launch, we have a really good cool, cool community. If we can launch products and services that are subscription-based, that aren't just a one-time purchase of a course. We, as you guys know, we sell. We have courses, we have a big coaching group, we help people launch their funds. Um, we have live events we do, but a lot of it's transactional based. Like we have black card, you pay us, it's like $30,000. We go out and we launch your fund with you. We have lawyers that come and we build your pitch deck. We like launch an entire fund with you, it's 30 grand. And we thought, huh, and we have live, we have three live events you do. You have a coaching group, we have 15 coaches that come in. We have all this cool stuff and we've had a ton of success. We have over 500 clients in black card, which is pretty cool. And we went to market and we're like, this is so cool. And then the people were like, yeah, that's cool, but where's your continuity? Yeah, these clients pay you a, a good amount of money, 30 grand of a client, but do they pay you next year and the year after that and the year after that? And we were like, well, kind of not. We, we launched their fund. We did our job. We were good at what we did. We like launched their fund and now they're up and running and doing their thing. And the company's buying us. We're like, well, we don't really care. <laughs> and so uh, we were like, huh, how do we rethink this whole game of exiting a company? And again, I, and there's, I, I like to talk about three degrees of exit velocity. We'll talk about it in a minute, but how do we build this? So, and we started to do the math. If, uh, if let's say we're getting an eight to 10 X, uh, on just subscription-based software, that's really sticky. So for example, if we build something that makes a hundred thousand dollar monthly recurring revenue, okay. A hundred thousand dollars, which could be, let's just call it a thousand people paying you a hundred bucks a month, which isn't that much, 97 bucks a month, a thousand people, you're at a a hundred thousand a month MRR monthly um, MRR you times that by 12 to ARR. So annual recurring revenue would be 1.2 million. You then put a seven X multiple seven to 10 X multiple. That's a $10 million bump on evaluation by building a thousand people that pay you a hundred bucks a month. You just gained $10 million of valuation. So we started to rethink all of our products. How could we get people, even if it's a lower price, get them on, subscription and or recurring revenue because that's what people or we build brand new products which actually we're in the process right now of building new products that get people to that because it bumps evaluation like crazy because a buying company if i was going to buy a company i want to see what kind of future revenues are here and then also show the churn rate so maybe we have a 30 percent churn rate uh, at the end of the year so of 100 people 70 are still are still paying in a year okay and then we got to get new revenue to maintain that and grow you can do the, all the math but building a company from that thesis i think is a very valuable prospect for wherever you're at. Um, if you're trying to get a higher evaluation. Now, what's cool about us, we have a soft, we've never raised capital. I, we, me and my business partner, Mason are 50, 50 partners. We brought in other, other employees that are rev share and have phantom equity and all cool stuff, but really we control the whole thing. We've never invited outside capital into our company before. And I don't know if we ever will. We're all bootstrapped. We did this from the ground up. So we control all the equity and we're like, Hey, if we can be bootstrapped, we're kind of in the service category. And we, if we can move to a software based multiple, then that's like the best of both worlds, right? You have a software-based multiple while you control all the equity and didn't give up on average 89% of equity with the average founder being 11%. Now, I know people love the big goal and I'll, I'll finish with this, of, of this concept of exit velocity. People, yes, it's cool to like sell your company, but very few people also think about the concept of exiting your company in other ways. You could hire a CEO and, and or executive team to give you exit velocity and step away from your business. That's a, that's essentially like, like an exit. 
you exited, your time is now taken away from the business. Another thing you could do and take it to, so that's exit velocity number one is hiring a CEO that runs things for you. Exit velocity number two is where you actually hire a CEO and then also hire a board of directors and an executive team that manages and runs and has checks and balances that run the entire team. And you truly are a passive, like an investor in the company. That would be exit velocity two. And you still get the cash flows distributions, but you're essentially an investor in the company at that point. And then exit velocity number three is where you actually fully exit and you are out, you sold the company, you have nothing to do with in the future. Now, most people love that X velocity three, but X velocity one and two are actually still really good as well. And the future episodes, I'm gonna talk about how we've how we actually have started to work on X velocity one and two right now inside of Fun Launch, which is kind of fun. Because again, I love running Fun Launch. I love our events. I love our students. I love working with clients. And if I can get to X velocity two, one or two, where I can keep creating content, keep helping people, keep impacting people's lives, helping more people launch and scale funds, go across the world, I would love to do that. Does that make sense? So again, I wanted to help us rethink how we approach exiting our funds, exiting our companies. And I'll give a shout out to James P. For real, who actually built out that exit velocity one, two, and three for me. Incredible dude. Go, go look him up. Good friend of mine, um, which is a pretty cool concept. All right, I'll end there. You guys are amazing. Go check us out. See you guys in the next episode. Peace. Hey, hey, you guys, Bridger here. Hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, on this show, we never run ads on this show. I just think ads are annoying on podcasts. So the only way this podcast grows, though, is by word of mouth. So if you have someone in your life that this would be useful to, that they would benefit and help their life, please go out and share this with them. It's the only way this podcast grows. So thank you guys for listening.